Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Kelly. I am a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottcowie.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. Guest this week on the podcast, the owner of Vic Firth Company and of course the founder, the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Vic Firth. Unbelievable to get an opportunity to chat to Vic. Uh, really, really excited about this episode. Um, thanks to everybody who tuned in to last week's madness that was the episode with KT Tunstall. The net, the internet just went berserk. Um, we put it up on the Thursday. Uh, Ron and I were tweeting about it. Everybody was tweeting about it that was involved in the podcast. It feels like a little bit of a family right now. We've got Nora Germain, who a uh, great violin player. She joins me frequently on the podcast, and she just played a blinder last week. Uh, giving out everybody love advice and of course just coming out with a blues improvisation on our violin which um, so many emails about again keep your emails coming in music at gmail.com email me in tell me what you think of the podcast let me know if there's a guest that you want to hear me chat to just give us some feedback we want to help to make this thing better and I think we're getting there uh, Mike Smith as well uh, was on the podcast last week giving us a little bit of saxophone I want to give a shout out to everybody involved and of course uh, Katie Tunstall um, just from start to finish an hour's worth of madness and I just want to note just now uh, head on over to Katie Tunstall's website which is www.katytunstall.com and you'll notice that she's um, she's guesting on the Jules Holland tour all the dates are available on her website and of course Jules Holland's website as well the reason why I mentioned that just now is that a couple of people pointed out that Katie Tunstall and I spoke for an hour and didn't actually mention anything that she's got coming up we just got carried away with things but hey that's what a podcast is all about it's not a you know it doesn't have the formula of a traditional interview it's just two people shooting the breeze and talking about music and their careers and lives within that genre and of course we say that at the top of the podcast and it's true um great feedback on the net as well like i said we put it up on the thursday and then uh, katie started uh, tweeting and facebooking about it at the weekend over the saturday and the sunday my phone has been going like a grenade ever since um absolutely delighted so many new subscribers each and every week this thing is just growing and growing and growing uh and we're just super excited to be giving you guys an episode every week available at scottkebby.com of course available on stitcher radio itunes a lot do me a favor head over to the itunes as well um I don't often post about that, but we are available on iTunes, so make sure you subscribe. Of course, you can get it on your phone, you can get it on your iPad, iPod, eyeball, whatever it may be. But um, enough from me, let's get straight down to it. Before we get to the interview with Mr. Vic Firth, uh, I'm joined by returning guest, and of course, Vic Firth and Dorsey, Steve Gad. Steve, if I can just ask you, um, what was your first impressions uh, of the time that you met Vic Firth? Can you remember the time that you met him? Um, you know, I don't remember exactly when I first met him personally, but I, I heard about Vic when, when I was in, 
in college. I knew he was the timpanist uh, with the Boston Symphony, and he was making he was making uh, timpani mallets, and and he made great uh, drumsticks. I mean, but not at the level that he does it now. I mean, it was just a a small company, and I bought. You know, like he, he had about three different, um, two or three different size snare drum sticks that he that he made, and uh, and I still have the ones I bought. And his uh, his name was uh, sort of burnt into the sticks. That was before he, you know, the stick company got as big as it is. But uh, uh, so then after I got to meet him personally. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly when that was, but it was, um, uh, I, I know it was, uh, exciting and, uh, um, he's a real down to earth guy. Um, and, uh, I, I really didn't know what to expect because here was this, um, this person that, uh, you know, I had, uh, pictured in my mind, uh, a great musician, a great, a great uh, timpanist with a with a, a major orchestra, and um, and this guy that was still making great drumsticks, and and I sort of you know he was sort of bigger than life in my in my mind, but uh, he's a real down to earth straight shooter, and uh, and it's been a great ride, uh, you know, being connected with Vic. What's it been like for you getting uh, seeing it firsthand? The company grow over the years. It's quite phenomenal um, how it's grown and the landscape of the whole thing now. Well, I mean, I I don't you know I haven't really gone to the company and 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 taken the tour and seen what's going on, but I know that I can see just from the amount of uh, people that are are playing Vic sticks. And from the, uh, the 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 products that keep on coming out of there, and the uh, um, you know they're stretching the envelope with uh, um, you know new kinds of uh, instruments to new kinds of things that you can uh, play drums with. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's very creative, and um, uh, you know you can just. Yeah, as an outsider looking in, it's just Vicks all over the place. It's phenomenal. How much have you enjoyed being part of all those clinics and master classes over the years? Um, is that quite a thrill to go out and and do these kind of gigs and share all your technique with all the different students? Uh, yeah, I mean that's it's it's nice to be able to you know get up close and and meet these guys and. And sort of, you know, get, uh, you know, shake hands with the people that, that, um, have these, uh, little drum shops and, and teachers that sort of let young drummers know about, um, different players. I mean, they, they let young guys know who, who, who I am and, and, uh, and, you know, give them good information about gear. So it's, it's nice to, you know, to, to get to get close and be able to say thank you to these people. Excellent. And lastly, um, regarding yourself, I think you've just done a leg in Italy. Was that with James Taylor? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And, yes. and that's, that's a tour that's going fantastically well. The last time that we caught up was in Glasgow. What guys what, uh, have you guys got coming up next? Um, well, we're going to be doing some more uh, playing in the States um, this summer. And uh, we got some promotional things to do uh, in June in New York for James's new album that's going to be coming out in about a month. So that's, uh, and, you know, some things in the fall with James. It's always fun to work with James. Yeah, last time, last time I seen you guys, were, it was amazing. The band are sounding so, so good. So we look forward to the next time that you guys uh, might come to the UK and, of course, Scotland specifically. In our case, Steve, thanks very much for joining me today, saying a few kind words about Vic Firth. And uh, no doubt I've got a funny feeling that he'll do the same for you. Uh, thanks very much and best of luck with everything that you've got coming up. Oh, thanks, man. I just want to say I got a... I gotta, um, there's a new Steve Gadd Band album coming out. It came out in April, and we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing some you know touring in Europe and in Asia with that band, um, you know, in in the fall. And uh, I'll be coming over there with Eric Clapton too um, to the Albert Hall. Actually, I'm in New York. We're gonna play a couple of nights in Madison Square Garden, and then. For, uh, the, and for two weeks in May, May we'll be at the Albert Hall so look forward to seeing you guys Absolutely Is Mr. Nathan East going to be playing bass on the Royal Albert Hall shows? Yep, yep, he is the, the, as, as the last time we spoke uh, we both agreed on this one he's got the greatest smile on, on God's green earth <laughs> Yep, he still does <laughs> Excellent Steve Thanks very much We'll look forward to seeing The Steve Gadd Band I'm going to check out That album And uh, all you guys Better go along To see Eric Clapton That's going to Those shows are going to be amazing They always are At the Royal Albert Hall Steve thanks very much For chatting with me today Okay man Talk to you later Okay I am back On the Talk Music Podcast With Vic Firth How are you Vic? I'm fine, thank you, and I'm honoured to be talking to you today. Yeah, all the way from Scotland. It's an absolute pleasure, Vic. Um, now, oh, so much to talk about, a fantastic career, but you actually didn't start off as a percussionist, is that right? No, I started off as a jazz drummer in a big band. And then I went to the conservatory in Boston and eventually got to Tanglewood on a scholarship, which is the summer home of the Boston Symphony, and, so, and I took a major turn to the right and got away from the pop music and went into classical music, and at age 21 auditioned for the Boston Symphony, and by some finger flicker of fate, got the job. So that's where my musical career began at age 21. Excellent. And am I right in saying the day before you, were, you auditioned for the Boston Symphony Orchestra, did you not practice something like 14 straight hours? Is that right, Vic? Well, my normal routine was about an eight-hour day practice session broken up into different periods. The day before, I brought, brought with me to the, my rehearsal room uh, a gallon of orange juice and some snacks. And I practiced nonstop for 14 hours, only taking breaks to relax the hands a little bit and put some fuel in the tank. 
Wow. So when I went into that when I went into that audition, I played more with one hand then than I do with two now. <laughs> Excellent. So um you started playing with the, the, the orchestra. At what point um did the kind of light bulb go off in your head, so to speak, when you decided uh, was it a, a certain pair of sticks weren't quite good enough or went up to scratch? How did that all come about? Well, I'll tell you how it came about. First of all, I, w- I was surrounded by a 60-man string section, and they paid half their life on buying a good violin or a good cello or whatever, and they spent a lot of money. And then they bought a bow, and the bow, which you would think would be a less expensive product, I was shocked at what they'd have to pay for a bow, but they couldn't play the instrument without a good bow. Then I started looking at drummers playing with ill-paired sticks and warp sticks and thought we've spent money on drums and on timpani, but the sticks that are available are worthless. They're not what, like a good bow for a violinist. So that kind of got me interested in making a drumstick for myself and my students. And that's how I began. It was kind of just a personal challenge to stop complaining about the quality of drumsticks available and do something about it. So I didn't have any intention of going into a stick business or manufacturing. It was strictly a service to myself and my students. Right, that's interesting. So when it started off then, um, well, how did it start? Was it just yourself making the sticks? Did you work with somebody close to you? Because it's obviously grown into something that's just absolutely phenomenal. But was it just you at the start? How many people were working with you early on? Well, I started with two drumstick models. One now ended up as the SD-1 and the SD-2, and one temp stick, just to try, try my hand at doing some design work. And when I made the drumsticks and brought them into teaching at the conservatory, I was amazed at how the drummers all liked the feel and the response. So why would order? They they asked me if I would sell them some drumsticks. Then my answer was, I'm not in business, but I'll, next time I order some for myself, I'll get some extra. Well, that was I went to ten pairs to twenty pairs a month. It was a huge production increase. We doubled our size. And when I think of what we do today, when we make on a 20-hour shift 70 to 80,000 sticks, I don't know where they're all going, but we're flooding the world with big first drumsticks, I guess. But anyway, that, that was I, I'm amused and amazed at how small we started and how lucky we've been with the product to date. Oh, it's just it's phenomenal. It's absolutely amazing. And it's the process of actually making a drumstick is, is a lot more complicated than what most people think. Can you talk to us through the actual process of, of, of essentially making a pair of drumsticks? Well, there's, a, there's so many facets to how you make a good drumstick that I take two days to explain them all to you. But it starts, first of all, with the wood. Let's take the hickory wood, for example. You have to determine whether the tree grows on the top of a hill, on the side of a hill where water runs past it, or the swamp where the water settles. I mean, this sounds like obscure part of the business, but it isn't. And you have to cut trees only on certain, certain elevations of land and certain mineral contents in the soil. Now, that being said, let's jump way ahead of that. 
we're now selecting wood from the boards or the squares to make drumsticks. They have to be tested for stress. They have to be tested for and examined for uh, mildew, mold. Uh, but there's so much of that process. Before you'd make a drumstick, then we discovered machines that instead of turning them with a back knife lathe, which is where most drumsticks would have been made, we did them with centerless grinders, which shapes the profile of a dowel against a stone under running water. Now, when you think of making a drumstick with water running over them as they're being turned, it sounds insane and the complete opposite of what you want to do with the drumstick or with a piece of wood. But that's the way we developed the process to what it has become today. And it's probably the most sophisticated way to turn a piece of wood in the world. It's very interesting indeed. Now, um, obviously, it's, like we said earlier, Vicforth has is, is grown into such a, a worldwide conglomerate. Um, to what extent of, or what steps have you guys taken to really kind of stay competitive and help be at the forefront of the, the stick business, really? Well, I think what we've done... First of all, we've made an extremely high-quality product. When I first announced that we were pitch-pairing the sticks, I got calls from my competitors that thought I was crazy. How can you pitch-pair drumsticks? Well, I said, there's a system that we used where we tap them on a stone, and if they have the same pitch, it's like a xylophone note. If they have the same pitch, they have the same density of the wood. Then, we, then I guaranteed them to be straight. And again, I got calls from the competitors. How can you guarantee a piece of wood to be straight? Mother Nature determines that. I said, it's very simple. You roll them. If they roll straight, they're straight. If they roll warped, they're, they're no good. So you're throwing away 10 to 40% of your sticks. Right. So that's how I arrived at the supreme quality of the stick. And the second thing was that I always guaranteed delivery to a drummer or to a shop within 48 hours of receiving an order the sticks the sticks would be en route right okay so, but that that required a lot of manpower and made the sticks expensive one of the um i suppose really well-known clinicians and to a certain degree representative of vic firth uh, is steve gad now Vic, I actually met you a few years ago at a drum convention in London and I just bought a pair of uh, Steve Gadd sticks which I was showing off um, to yourself. Can you tell us a story about the, the making of the black stick? Was it Steve Gadd's idea? Yeah, when Steve, I've known Steve for a very long time. They're very good friends. And he used to come to Boston a lot to visit relatives and we used to get together, and one day we started talking. I said, what do you use for a stick? And he said, I use either an SD4 or an SD2. And I said, well, what if we take those specs and put them together and see what we get for a stick? And we did, and we came out with the stick that he now uses, except he, we put a barrel tip on it. And the black was, when Steve worked, he dressed all in black, are all in white. And that was the same with his drum set. It was either all black or all white. Most of the time, all black. So he said, can you make the stick in black? So I said, sure, we'll dip them in a, in a black finish. And when we first did it, 
I must tell you that it was terrible. The tips were black, and they would come off on the heads, on the cymbals. But it didn't seem to bother anybody. They put up with it. And this, when I launched the stick, it was so successful, I had trouble keeping up with the demand. <coughs> then we, we developed a process of we could dip just the, the stick and leave the tip clear. So today they don't have that problem. Right. But that's how we assembled the sticks. And he asked me if I could do black. I said, sure, we can do anything. Shows you what a big mouth I was. <laughs> but anyway, it's been one of our it's been one of our most successful sticks since day one. Right, and he's he's an amazing player, Steve, isn't he? He's a great, great player and a wonderful human being. Excellent. We've been fortunate enough to have him on the on the show before. He was great. Now, um, lastly, uh, Vic, is there any products that the company have to offer just now, or new products coming out that you can you can give some information or tell us about just now? You know, we have so many products, Scott. We manufacture about, I think it's about 350 or 400 different products, which includes drum keys for marching percussion, gloves, uh, all kinds of of accessories that you can name that would take too long to talk about them. We have all the signature stick models and drumsticks, timpani sticks, keyboard mallets, I mean, it's quite an operation and quite a diversity and variation of sticks that are meant to be applied to all the markets where you may you where you use a drumstick or a mallet to make music with. Yes, it's quite it's quite incredible, Vic, and of course they're all they're all available at vicfirth.com, a fantastic site. Which really the videos are amazing, which goes through into detail about how all these sticks and how all the the products are put together. Um, Vic, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Uh, very insightful into how you started the company and how it's continuing uh, to develop, and we look forward to seeing uh, and performing with all the new products that you guys are, are going to bring to us in the future. Well, thank you very much, Scott. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Can you believe it? An episode with Vic Firth, co-hosted by Steve Gadd. Um, as cheesy as it sounds, but if you'd have told me that we were to have a podcast where we were interacting with Vic Firth and Steve Gadd in the same episode, just absolutely mind-blowing uh, and a testament to everybody involved um, that can, you know, that you guys listen in and we can produce one of these podcasts for you each and every week. Big shout out to Ron North, talking of producers, uh, the man, the myth, and now the uncle, Ron, um, who shoves all this stuff together. I shove it in a recorder and he, you know, does the magic and, and makes sure that it's out on time and we both collectively make this happen happen with everybody else involved and um, super exciting next couple of podcasts for you I don't know the order of the next couple of weeks but it's super exciting nonetheless um, keep keep listening keep subscribing keep doing what you do keep your support we of course we've got a little thing on our website or my website www.scottcowie.com you can click on donations I think it's called um, I'll just check that for you just now um in fact, as I'm just going to go on the website and do this. I maybe should have done this beforehand, but what the hell? It's my podcast, and you know what they say. If you've got your own podcast, you can do what you like. Oh, come on, the website's taking forever to load up. i tell you exactly what you have to click on, right? Donate, yes! It's a thing called Donate on the website. What we're planning doing, ladies and gentlemen, okay? I'm just waiting that we've not mentioned this in about three or four weeks, okay? But we're planning... On if an artist comes into town, be it Glasgow, roughly where we're based, um, we're going to try and uh, put out a live podcast. We're going to get all you guys along, and if there's a, 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 a kind of a band with a little bit of a profile, we're going to get them. 
in a, a, a small hall, a small pub, small club, whatever it may be, and we're going to have a chat to them. We're going to do a podcast. We're going to get you guys to come along and answer, or sorry, ask questions and have them answered it, and just have a little bit of a good time. That's the plan. In order to do that, we need to rent out a hall. We need to, and um, there's a bunch of costs for that, as you can imagine, as you well know. So look on the donate button at scottkibby.com. Um, you don't donate, and we don't buy or uh, buy ourselves some new cars. We don't, you know, go out and live a life of luxury as a result of you donating. We put it back into the pod to make this thing grow, to make this thing better for each and every one of you. Because at the end of the day, it's not just my podcast, it's your podcast. Anyway, thanks very much for listening to Vic Firth, to Steve Gadd, for everybody else. Uh, check out previous episodes, Stuart Copeland, Julian Lennon, um, Carol Kay, Nathan East, Definity Rock, so many episodes for you guys to check out. And we will see you next week.